two wizards. Two wizards? Two wizards. Two wizards. So there is egg on my face there, Josh. Oh. What's up, buddy? I don't remember when it was. Like back in March or February when we had to do a loose rope. We did a Civ 6. Oh, yeah. And uh, listeners, you might know that that's like the only game that I play anymore. Um, So good. I started up a um, um, uh, Emperor run on random, oh, yeah. and just the first um, natural wonder that I got, I was going to just roll with it and play that. That is, you know, unknown leader, go nuts. I fucking roll Jayarva, man. And let me tell you, Josh, the last day and a half as I wrote the outline for tonight's episode has been me just like beating the ass of the world with my gigantic man baby. I had all... <laughs> Five, na- well, four nations declare mm-hmm. war against me after I took out Mongolia. Just all four of them together. They're like, no, fuck you. We can't do this. And now all that's left is like Grand Columbia. And I know it sees me coming. I'm just like, you, oh, baby, you're so dumb. <laughs> I was going to bring you Zoroastrianism and yeah. improve your culture. And instead, you just chose the way of misery. Yeah. And all I can think about is how much shit I talked about him, and I'm just like really depressed. But I, I don't know. I'm because I'm on the PlayStation Four. It'll be like eight years before we get the Abraham Lincoln expansion. Yeah, so all the, I just yeah. got to bide my time, I guess, and get really good with all those underdogs. Right. Well, and I think that's also something that, um, yeah, the, the Civ Six tries to incentivize like I, I there's some people you'd go on the subreddit and they're like hey i finally like a hundred percented civ six got all the achievements and stuff like that and and i i don't necessarily hunt those out because i i enjoy them where it's like oh there's something that just happened i didn't plan on this obscure um build a campus district within uh two tiles of uh the barrier of, of the great barrier reef uh, with John Curtin to like have some like like niche kind of no like they're they're supposed for my money at least they're supposed to happen without planning for it without like planning an entire game around it mm-hmm. um, but but little things like that where it is like oh uh, here yeah I I, I can kind of go through and try these different play styles and uh and, and because I'm Pulled, because I've pulled up uh, one of the Civ wikis right now. Yeah, so for Jayarva Man, his kind of niche achievement is called What is Love? And it wants you to build uh, Angor Wat and a Wat in Angor Wat. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Which, sure, go for it. <laughs> if, if it all, if the stars happen to align that way, if you, yeah, like if nobody else has picked up that wonder and if your religion allows you to build a watt so yeah i don't know <laughs> it's funny that was like when i played jarva man the first time because i was trying to run through all of the uh leaders and then apparently you only get like x amount of save files so it kept like restarting old ones i'm like no i've done alexander whatever but no first time i played jarva man i was like what's your fucking trophy you fat ass i'm never using you again yeah all right anchor watt watt and a watt let's do this bitch it's a stupid <laughs> pun and then i won and i was like there never again and 
man, here I am. It's yeah. dumb. It's it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh boy. Well, yeah. There is. Well, and it also was um, uh, between the recording of our last episode and this one. It was also Thanksgiving. And mm-hmm. Mark, did you have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, Made a so, ham. That's that's about yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I. Yeah. Yeah. Ours. Ours was good as well. Um, we found we were laughing about this so much. Because, right, it's just me and the Mrs. Wizard. And mm-hmm. listeners, you've seen all of our, and, and heard all of our food episodes. Like, as, as much as I want to just make an enormous Thanksgiving uh, feast, like, it's just two people. And we only have so much room in our refrigerator. So we tried to be a little more disciplined this year. And it's like, okay, let's get, like, a sensible turkey for just two people. We don't need, like, a 24-pounder. Uh, right. <laughs> So, yeah, she found, like, a 10-pound turkey, which is, again, perfect. We've been happily having leftovers the last couple days, still playing of that. But then we both realized, like, wait, this turkey actually weighs less than Tompkins does. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Poor little chubby boy. (laughs) (laughs) So we did. We, like, hold him in one hand and the still frozen turkey in the other and be like, yep, these are are about equal. Um, but no, yeah, it was it was all right. It was all right. So, right on. Yeah, many things, many things to be thankful for uh, in this year. Uh, and and right, try to like keep that spirit of thanksgiving, that spirit of gratitude and appreciation every day. And one of the things that I'm still uh, uh, imminently grateful for is this little venture that we've kept going for more than two years. And this little venture being the Two Wizards podcast. Um, so welcome everybody. It's great to have you once more. My name is Josh and I'm a wizard. And my name is Mark and I'm a wizard. And yeah, welcome back guys. Here we are. Happy, uh, late Thanksgiving. Hope you survived Black Friday. Um, yeah, no, I don't. If you got on Black Friday, I hope you got trampled. Um, <laughs> as far as that goes, just sidebar, why is Amazon doing Black Friday shit? Shouldn't they be it, doing Cyber Monday shit? And yet, and yet, yeah. all goddamn last week, I kept getting push notifications from Amazon saying, "Hey, Black Friday deals. Do yeah, you want to check out this uh, set of Allen wrenches?" No, no, I fucking don't. Amazon, thank you. Okay, bitch, over. Um, yeah, welcome back. Um, I was gonna say this is the weekly King of the Hill podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I got all horned so up on where I am. Infuriated, yeah, infuriated. But no, but you're exactly right. It, it used to be right. It used to be the whole. And anticipation for like, all right, Black Friday, if you want to go out and um, uh, hate your fellow man just so you can buy an air fryer, go, go for it. Uh, and then you have the weekend still to just relax and hang out. And then there's Cyber Monday. You can do some online shopping. But no, you're, you're exi- man, it's, it, it's, it, it's not a, it's bad enough that like Christmas is slowly encroaching. But now the like the materialism of Christmas and buying things and. I don't know. Maybe I'm, because 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 I have also noticed that as well. Like right, I was like, oh, we, we need more like cat food. We're, we're mm-hmm. so get on uh, Amazon because that's where you buy it. And and right, it's like getting just bombarded with ah, this is thirty three percent off, but only for the next twenty minutes. So fear of missing out, buy it. And it's like this mm-hmm. is this isn't it, man. This isn't it. So ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, but but it, it, at least we are getting in, in, into winter, 
and uh, if the like cold, heartless, late capitalism, uh, yeah, like sucks away at your like humanity, well, you have warm clothing and hearty drinks and good food and hanging out with your buddies, Mark and Josh. So, <laughs> speaking right. of, yes, well, speaking of, you are taking the lead on this episode, and I kind of know what it's about. Uh, you've given me special instructions for my wizard's right on, but beyond that, I I don't really know where we're going. So this is all this right. Is wonderful. So, well, I guess let's get into that. Josh, what are you drinking in your wizard's right on tonight? Uh, well, well, you asked or you you asked or in, encouraged me to find something vaguely like oceanic, marine, sea sea like, um, something along those lines. Uh, and so I, I don't know, I, I kind of went back and forth, but then also with the holidays kind of got away from me. So, so this is, I think, a brand new concoction. Um, Ooh, okay. So this is, we had some ginger beer left over. So I guess this is a variant of mule. Um, but uh, I have some ginger beer, a little blue curacao, and then a healthy splash of that white dog unaged uh, bourbon. That I got from Buffalo Trace. Oh yeah, uh, and it, it it does it does have this lovely bright blue kind of color. Um, and I was looking like, is there a drink? And there's a drink called called a salty dog. Um, okay. Because right, like it's white dog. I'm trying to work that in the title. So I, I think I'm going to call this like the sea dog. Because I did see a drink called the sea dog, but that was with like. It was basically like a wine spritzer, and this is a lot better. So I'm so I'm calling this thing a salty dog, because that salty dog. Right or no, 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 a sea dog, sea dog, sea dog, sea dog. Because a salty dog right. is something with, uh, I want to say like gin and grapefruit juice or rum and grapefruit juice, but no, sea dog oh, yeah. is my sea dog. Okay, sea dog, right on. Or even better, a white sea dog, because it has white dog. A white sea we'll dog. Just, we'll just do that. Uh, but go. what do you, you have, Mark? Um, I wish mine was fun. I wanted to try a special recipe and I couldn't get all the crap for it. But what I, uh-huh. okay, but what I do have, um, is I feel bad. I always give you certain shit and then like, <laughs> I never follow through when I quit city market, I got a gift basket. And in that gift basket, there was a sampling of a seltzer waters, like flavor shit. Right. Mm-hmm. So these are all, um, fortified with vitamin C. What's more important than being out on the sea than the vitamin C. Um, they're all tropical flavor. The first one I have is a passion fruit papaya. And inside of that is going to go some Tito's vodka. There you go. Perfect. Little, uh, jet ski fuel, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of what I, um, you know what you all, yeah, I like it. Jet ski fuel, jet ski fuel. Perfect. Uh, well here is on you, buddy. Cheers, good buddy. Oh, that's all Ooh. sugar. Nope. Oh, for being no sugar, it's all sugar. How's yours? <laughs> uh, this is this is pretty darn good. I might have to remember this. It's pretty yeah. damn pretty damn good. If I do say so, maybe like some lime. If I had a little lime wedge, I think that would uh that that would help like just polish it off there. But yeah, for coming up with this, kind of like using what I still had in my. Uh, Liquor cabinet. This is pretty, pretty damn good. Right on, man. Oh yeah. Woo. <laughs> it's a keeper. That's a keeper. That's a keeper. <laughs> That's a keeper. 
well, so so yeah, and I'm I'm guessing I'm guessing because we're doing somewhat nautical drinks that we're going to be talking about some something along those lines. I, I would imagine, right? So what what do we have in store today, Mark? Well, the title for tonight's episode, Josh, is "It Came from the Sea." <laughs> Cue spooky sci-fi music and Castle Thunder. <laughs> Castle Thunder, and then like some like seagulls <laughs> off in the car. <laughs> A whale sound to make it all pleasant and kill the mood. Damn it, you just put like 20 minutes worth of work for right there. <laughs> no, I don't. It's on me. God damn it. I was just <laughs> riffing. It wasn't like an actual. <laughs> yeah, but it's so good. I got to put it in now. It's... Okay, all right. I, I damn your brilliance, Josh. Damn your brilliance. <laughs> but it so, came Josh. from the sea. Came from the sea. Came from the sea, as you know, and our listeners know, but maybe they don't know, or maybe we just need a quick crash course reminder for where we are right now and how we got here. Mm-hmm. About 360 million years ago, the first tetrapod left Earth's ocean for a drier life on land. Flash forward 2.4 million years ago when Homo habilis, the first, like, quote unquote, human, mm-hmm. showed up. And then they exploded into Homo sapien. And that's what we are. We're the Homo sapiens. Then about, oh, we're not quite sure, about 20,000 years ago, the Mm. hollow moon was towed by aliens into our current (laughs) orbit of Earth, creating a worldwide flood event that almost reset human civilization six game. (laughs) Those who did not die in the global floods realized that You know, this could not happen again. And humanity immediately began taking revenge on our mother, the ocean, by dumping a bunch of shit into the ocean. (laughs) But what happens, Josh, when the ocean says no more and gets tired of humans dumping shit into it and starts, you know, dumping shit out of it back at us? Because, Josh, as we're all aware, revenge is a dish best served constantly. So tonight we're going to have a meal of revenge. Of terror of the deep! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was amazing. That was a brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. That was a brilliant run- rundown. Well, and uh, man, I really hope I'm not like stealing your thunder um, with this. But right when you're talking about, we keep dumping all of our trash and waste into the ocean, and and it's gonna just come back to us and like screw us up. Um, I mean, right? Like, how many times a day do you see some news story about like, oh, uh, all the uh, here's here's more microplastics that are discovered in like deep sea fish and here's microplastics found in embryonic tissue because we are poisoning ourselves with plastic and i just can't help but think of the ocean being like yeah see how you like it (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty much it's we're really good at killing the ocean and that's not at all what we're talking about tonight is literally the ocean throwing its trash back at us Right. So we right. might so as well is, get into it. I, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. And as this is, I'm calling this our little three course meal of terror. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? Damn it. Thanksgiving was this week and I'm still kind of hungover from ham. Yeah. So vaguely shoehorn this into hey, it's a food episode, but not really. Here we go, Josh, with our appetizer of tentacle based terror. Wiggle, mm. wiggle, wiggle. <laughs> Wiggle, 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 tentacles. <laughs> Architeuthis ducks, or a giant squid as you and I would know it. Um, this is a classic 
model of a giant squid if you think about it. It's the Jules Verne wrapping up around the uh, submarine in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Right, right. It's got a big old long body and massive groping arms and, you know, just that big old black eye that looks right into your soul as it devours you with its single hoary beak. Mm-hmm. They're kind of just horror in their own right. They're just real weird, and we're going to talk about them for just a minute here. Um, yeah. They exhibit something called abyssal gigantism, which is basically shit that lives deep under the ocean gets insanely huge, and we do not know why. Hmm. One leading theory for the cause is that the colder temperature, so like with crabs or crustaceans, the lower you get, the colder you get, the bigger that these creatures get. We don't know why they just do. But like Japanese spider crabs, you, there's one on Reddit that pops up about every week. Like Right, 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 right. Or the gigantic uh, isopods under the sea, the giant like roly-poly looking things that are as big as a football. Right. It's Well, and, and I've heard, yeah, also about that too, like sort of like weirdly because the pressure is so great at those depths that like counterintuitively that allows them to grow even larger. Um, I, I, I mean, you can put as much stock into that as, as you want, but yeah, there's something about giant things living at yeah. Ungodly depths. You man, you don't know just how ungodly, like, <laughs> they're found all across the planet between 908 and 3,280 feet deep all across the world just just floating just doing little sweetie (laughs) things in their 43 foot long tip to tentacle bodies they can weigh up to 660 pounds and just side note I can leg press a giant squid and that's a feather in my cap I also had just candidly in my mind, um, like immediately come come to my mind was all around the world, giant creatures under sea. Who knows what's really down there? (laughs) 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 I just want to (laughs) die. Put your tentacles around the baby. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop. Ah, You're, good. You're good, buddy. You're good. <laughs> um, 660 pounds. Uh, speaking of leg day, which the squids obviously skip because, well, they don't have legs, but they okay. never miss arm day. Archituthis ducks or Archie ducks for this little segment here is a total bro because all of his 10 arms that's right josh he has 10 tickles yeah go ahead 10 tickles (laughs) (laughs) he's got eight short and two long and he or she Uh, we should also point out that females are the bigger ones they get about 44 feet long males only get about 33 feet long Mm, mm, gotcha these are the largest tentacle of any cephalopod And they can be up to 27 feet. All of these arms contain hundreds of suckers, and these suckers contain biting, grasping teeth inside of them. Ugh, yeah. We can see the, uh, the kind of, just the awesomeness of these scars by looking at sperm whales, who are the giant squid in their giant form's only predator. They are riddled in sperm whale tentacle scars, and we find their beaks in their stomachs. It's, it's amazing to me. The whole... The whole idea that a giant squid goes underwater, 
better than a thousand feet to go fuck up a giant squid is the coolest thing I could ever imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it is like, th- this is something that we've, that we've come to many times here at the two others podcast, but like throwing out these numbers, right? Like just how big these things are. Uh, they're like crushing power. Uh, it's just, it, but still it's just bonkers to try to wrap your mind around. Um, yeah, giant underwater battle between these enormous creatures. It's yeah, it's crazy, goddamn cool. <laughs> it really is. Like yeah, I wish I could just like live infinitely through Earth's timeline and just watch every dump, just all the planet Earth, the nature show. But Ooh. you know, you know, oh god, it would it'd be the best. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <sighs> man. Giant squid also have a very complex nervous system that runs through their tentacles. They take about 80% of information through their tentacle system, which it's just kind of a neat thing to think about. But there's a lot of stories of old sailors, and it talks about, like, they ran into a giant squid and the tentacles immediately come up over the side of the boat. Well, was it attacking it, or was it a giant squid that was up in blinding sunlight because it lives, you know, deep down in the dark? And so it's blind, and it just starts feeling out and touching and trying to figure out what it can get to. It makes you kind of feel bad for giant squid. I don't know. Yeah. We have known about giant squids being a thing as far back as Aristotle when he wrote about them in his Of Calamaris, and he called them much larger than regular toothless squid. I'm... I'm, I'm just going to admit this up front. I I, I can guarantee I'm just going to do lots of just kind of sighing and just like despondent <laughs> sounds throughout the episode. So don't think like I've fallen asleep or not paying attention. Oh, no. But it is. It's just like, God damn. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it really is. We also get a cooler account, not of just Aristotle going, they're bigger than some other squid. We have what might be the first ever, like, recorded kaiju attack on humanity, Josh. (laughs) I love it. All right. (laughs) So, um, if you would be so kind as to read what good old Pliny the Elder said about Mm. this. Yes, uh, from Natural Histories. The same author states that there is not an animal in existence that is more dangerous for its powers of destroying a human being when in the water. Embracing his body, it counteracts his struggles and draws him under with its feelers and its numerous suckers. When, as often is the case, it happens to make an attack upon a shipwrecked mariner or a child. If, however, the animal is turned over, it loses all its powers. For when it is thrown upon the back, the arms open of themselves. So you can roll it on its back and after that you can kill it all. Well, or like, and also to your point about, yeah, like this, this being a kaiju. Yeah. Like they always have a weak spot somewhere and it's usually is it's under their, yeah, it's like on their belly or on like their back somewhere. It's just, you just gotta rotate it. And then that's where you can strike for massive damage. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta wear down the armor and hit it with the weak point. Yeah, exactly. Throw a boomerang, stun it to have the little like stars going around its eyes um and then you can go (laughs) well um what if you are you know ancient people ancient i guess it's a roman colony out in spain 
what happens mm. when a squid attacks you then, Josh? Well, Planny's got something to say about that, too. Yes, he does. The other particulars, which the same author has given, appear still more closely to border upon the marvelous. At Cartea, in the preserves there, a polypus was in the habit of coming from the sea to the pickling tubs that were left open, and devouring the fish laid in salt there. For it is quite astonishing how eagerly all sea animals follow even the very smell of salted condiments, so much so that it is for this reason that the fishermen take care to rub the insides of the wicker fish kips with them. At last, by its repeated threats and immoderate depredations, it drew down upon itself the wrath of the keepers of the works. Palisades were placed before... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're good. I was, I was trying there, but it, no, it's like a full-on siege. Gonna erect it's literally fences. the siege of the squid. <laughs> the siege of the squid. Palisades were placed before them, but these the polyplus managed to get over by the aid of a tree. <laughs> and it was only caught at last by calling in the assistance of trained dogs, which surrounded it at night as it was returning to its prey, upon which the keepers, awakened by the noise, were struck with alarm at the novelty of the sight presented. <laughs> Quick, send out the the scratch canine unit. <laughs> it's breached our defenses. <laughs> who let the dogs out? Who? 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 <laughs> or, yeah, or I, I guess if this is like Rome, it would be uh, a quid? Quid, 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 quid? <laughs> I think. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still trying to learn Latin. Or maybe yeah, quo? Yeah, yeah. Qui, quid, quo? Qui, qui, qui. Anyway. Qui. It'd be qui. Qui, 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 qui. Yeah. Um, okay, so dogs chase this thing up a tree. Or it was up a tree when the dogs got there. First of all, the size of the polypus was enormous beyond all conception. And then it was covered all over with dried brine and exhaled a most dreadful stench. Who could have expected to find a polypus there, and could have recognized it as such under these circumstances? They really thought that they were joining battle with some monster, for at one instant it would drive off the dogs by its horrible fumes and lash at them with the extremities of its feelers, while at another it would strike them with its stronger arms, giving blows with so many clubs, as it were, and it was only with the greatest difficulty that it could be dispatched with the aid of a considerable number of three-pronged fish spears. The head of this animal was shown to Lucullus. It was in size as large as a cask of 15 amphorae and had a beard. <laughs> no, this is... Squid this attack! Is. Yeah. yeah, this is like... Yeah, early Roman kaiju attack. Uh, look out. Okay, I think, yeah, I think we need a Pacific Rim prequel called Mediterranean Rim. Because um, <laughs> that's kind of uh, uh, a shout out to or callback to our summer cinema series. They kind of did that with Mortal Kombat. They had the like, oh, here's the like his historical uh, kind of precedent um, for Scorpion, I think Mediterranean Rim having these like Romans fight off a giant squid—that sounds pretty badass, dude. It's pretty. It's well, pretty and cool. or even I... well, and and with uh, uh, prey, the the predator 
kind of like pre. Oh yeah. Same, yeah, yeah. same yeah, thing, yeah. man. We need like early modern or even pre-modern kaiju movies. God damn, that'd be oh, awesome. Oh, dude, that'd be so great. Yeah, like, Mm-mm-mm-mm. what can you do against a force of nature? Nothing. You let it destroy you and yeah. hope it doesn't. Like, <laughs> Just hope that your three-pronged fish spears can, can save the day. <laughs> <laughs> they can't. Spoilers, they can't. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to point out, they keep calling it a, a polypus. Yes. I think this might be a, um, a giant Mediterranean octopus. Not a giant squid, but I don't know. Um, I also want to point out the giant squid um, do the sinking. They, you know, okay, how do you do this? You know how they rise and float through the water? They inhale and then exhale. Oh, But mm-hmm. they're like internal, like, I guess you call it ballast. It's yeah. um, chlorine based. So they like change the amount of chlorine in their body and it helps them sink oh, or float. Interesting. But it's because of this that we don't eat them because apparently it makes them taste terrible. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and it I, kept I mean, talking about makes... how, like, the dogs were beat back by the stink. So mm-hmm. I don't know if this was an octopus or a squid. I just thought it was kind of cool either way. Yeah, no, I... I'm sold. Yeah, that's... Hmm. Right, right, because it is. It's something... Yeah, they have, like, little... Yeah, not like air bladders to use to like kind of sink or float or whatever, but huh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's squid are really cool. They're literally an alien form, not you know alien, but goddamn, you know. Yeah, they're just cool. Well, well and and uh, again, I I don't want to, um, you know, like steal what whatever it is that you're going to say, but you're talking about too in this story that this that this polypus whatever it whatever species it was was still smart enough to like figure out like oh well here's here's where this food stock is I'm, i can climb up into this tree i can defeat their defenses and like crawl over their little wooden palisades um because mm-hmm. yeah squid and octopus are are crazy smart crazy smart yeah yeah like insanely intelligent and sympathetic and yeah so it really makes you wonder i don't know mm-hmm it does. But what I do know is that's not the only story of a giant squid actually attacking people that we have. <laughs> Cut to monsters in print by Adam Benedict. <clears throat> Out of the Palatka Daily News, April 1st, 1855. Fuck, I wish I hadn't just read the title. Anyway, here we go. No. <laughs> <laughs> April 1st, like already dead giveaway. Nah, uh, headline, a giant cephalopod on our wharf. The monster on exhibition, his proportions and features, his habits, and his home. As we were going to press last night, a great noise around the wharf near Lane's warehouse, and the whole force of the news rushed out to find a large area of the dock covered by a vastly slimy mass, which was strange to all of the assembly. Long whip-like arms lashed the air, curved and twisted like snaky tangles around dark, the dark body in the center. The arms then fell rattling on the hard planks and tried in vain to seize at the hard surface, while the central mass rose and fell in uncertain expansion. Two large eyes stared horribly at us, and a long curved beak snapped and snarled in its anger. From one hundred blowholes the air with rushing, hissing noises as the thing breathed and the hole struggled to draw itself along the wharf. It seemed to feel no alarm at the increasing number of spectators and paid no heed to their wandering ex- exclamations. Uh, several Negroes left thinking, the devil comes. 
Sorry, guys. And probably ran far beyond their homes before fatigue compelled them to stop. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Meantime, no effort was made to stop the monster, and he continued his way across the wharf until he reached the deep sand in the rear of the Marion's Hotel on Water Street. Here he settled himself and rested, but his great eyes kept a still and angry watch emitting a dull green phosphorescent light. Occasionally, the hook sneet the wow, the hooked beak snapped viciously and protruded itself from the tangled mass of legs, seemingly larger than any man's hand. The crowd drove him drove at him with sticks and brickbats further from the water, and as he lay with his arms expanded on a stout rope was drawn around him, and he was tied securely to a strong post. He was evidently badly wounded, and probably by the wheel of a river steamer, and had betaken himself to the first land to recuperation. His slimy trail showed that he had climbed one of the supports of the wharf, and thence was drawing himself along when the watchman saw him. These animals were generally found only in depths of the ocean, but one was killed near New Smyrna a few years ago, and several small ones have been seen off the Florida coast. The one which has come to us, strangely this morning, will weigh about 300 pounds, and its utmost spread will be about 25 feet. But all of this is conjecture, for none have ventured near enough to the terrible beak and horrible arms to make a description. Squid attack! (laughs) Squid attack! Well, squid died, and people were really mean and didn't let it die in peace, and they beat it, and... Yeah. 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 Bunch of jerks. But um, we don't really get a lot of uh, squid rampages in our uh, pickling vats and or boardwalks these days. Mostly we see giant squid now when they're about to die. Um, There's a really good video of one in Australia, and you can see it coming up. It's about 10 feet long. It's longer than the guy's surfboard. It's big and pink and red, and it's just kind of coming up to the surface to die. It's when they do wash up on beaches, though. That's when we get a bulk of their data. Like when one washed up in Tickle Bay in Newfoundland with a 35-foot-long tentacle and a 20-foot body. Just monsters. Just monsters are washing up out of the ocean, Josh, and they're dead. And it's... um, Since we started cataloging them... We have about in the 1700s. We now have about 700 specimens from around the world. Man, which in not to yeah, like belabor the point, but yeah, the fact that we have any is still like uh, amazing. Given how often things right just kind of fall right right if something dies in the ocean then it just kind of like falls down right like that's how like a whale fall happens and all the organisms at the very bottom of the sea floor get like new nutrients and stuff so yeah the fact that we have any of these at all is just well and that's amazing too like you're talking about with that whale fall and stuff like the fact that it yeah like there's no reason any of this shit should get to us other than just, like, pure luck, you know? Right, right. And it does. It it has 700 times. Like, <laughs> that's great. Right, that's so it cool. Is. It is. It's, it's, and in uh, a sufficient enough condition that we can, right, study and say intelligent things about it. And, yeah. Too cool. Too cool. So, um... So moving on now from our revenge is a dish best served constantly. Um, Josh, I know you were really hoping for a steak, but instead you're getting fish because 
as Jedi Master Qui-Gon Jinn said in the number three greatest Star Wars film of all time, there's always a bigger fish. <laughs> Except in this case when it's a giant whale. <laughs> ah, it's a whale! Giant whales, giant whales! <laughs> whales! That was a bad transition, I'm sorry. Anyway... Um, this one has got to be taken with a grain of salt because stranding events are kind of sad to see. Whales and dolphins are giving to mysteriously beaching themselves in a phenomenon called stranding. We also think of it as beaching, but apparently they want you to say stranding. Oh, okay. That's an easy... Uh, According to Noah, uh, Mm -hmm. these events can occur in certain frequent places, so much so that they have something called the stranding network, which has response Mm. teams in these areas. That's how many of these events take place. They have a dedicated response team to go t- try and, you know, get rid of this, pro- get rid of the problem. Oh, shoot. Uh, sporadic strandings also occur along any given stretch of coastline anywhere in the world. Shit can just happen where, mm. you know, some random whale washes up on a beach. Um, these events are tragic, but it we should note that they don't really pose a significant threat to any of the populations. Which I guess is kind of cool. Like, we're going to go through a list of some of the bigger ones, but, like, sometimes they're losing, like, 200 whales at once, and uh, the population doesn't seem to notice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And more good news, Josh. Hey, Mm -hmm. I know what you're thinking. Oh, here we go. Mark is going to get on his soapbox about global warming and about how sonar is killing shit again. Well, (laughs) I am. But good news, buddy. It's not all of our fault. (laughs) Well, I can sleep at night now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. While it is true that these events can be triggered by, you know, vessel collision or entanglement with fishing nets or, you know, unusual weather patterns or inclement weather, <laughs> global warming or sonar. Sonar apparently really fucks up whales, which mm. I guess can only make sense. Yeah. Um, or poison algae blooms like red tide. And you might recognize this. And this is this comes from uh, hob.hui.edu is the cause of the uh, the curse of the red water in the Bible. They think it was a uh, bloom yeah. of red algae that went up the Nile out of the Mediterranean. Yeah. And that's why it killed so many fish and people. I mean, again, that, that makes sense to me. I Yeah, I think so. Um, but then you can also see it in the red tide revengeful wrath of the God of God in Florida. Like from every fucking year in the last hundred years, or really specifically from 2017 to 2019, when a red tide bloom killed 600 sea turtles, 209 dolphins, and 200 manatees. What we're saying here is that God hates DeSantis. (laughs) These can also be triggered by infections, parasites, cancer, and starvation. And there's also this thing called follow the leader stranding. I prefer to call it yes. And stranding where one whale gets a hair up his ass and beaches himself. And the entire family then goes and be it's literally the dad who's so sick of hearing his kids bitching in the back seat. One more fucking word. And I'm going to drive this car off the road. And that kid throws the toy at his head and he just says, fuck it and drives off the Canyon. That's this. This dad has had enough. We're not turning around and going back to Newfoundland. No, no, we're going to beach here in New Zealand. Bam, that's it, kids. We're all dead. You ruined Thanksgiving. Uh, Some of these animals can be saved. Apparently, a bulk of them can, unless they're, like, actually really, really messed up from, you know, they're sick or... 
Um, so real quick, we are going to have a lightning round of some of the worst stranding events ever recorded. Josh, you ready? I'm ready. Cue up that horrible whale fit music. <laughs> In 1918, 1,000 pilot whales stranded themselves on Chatham Islands in New Zealand. 1,000 whales died. In 2017, 656 whales beached themselves uh, on a South, or sorry, in South Island in New Zealand. About half died. 335 died, but they marked 321 surviving. So, see, it's kind of a net gain. Uh, in 1897. More than 500 pilot whales died at Teal Inlet in the Falkland Islands. In 2020, 270 pilot whales were found at the Quarry Island Heads. 470 beached, 368 were dead. Uh, nearly 300 pilot whales ran aground in the Great Barrier Reef, killing about a quarter of them in 1985. And about 300 pilot whales were stranded around Stanley, Tasmania in 1935. And all but 40 died. So, really, mass strandings can be caused one of two ways, through all the shit I listed or by being a pilot whale. Pilot whales just seem to want to die. Pilot <laughs> whales are the saddest whales. <laughs> well, if I can tell a story that I'm only realizing now, um, yeah, completely, like, pales in comparison. Um, <laughs> in, my, in my, yeah, like, college track running experience... When you would do the various running workouts and you would have to, mm -hmm. yeah, like coach would say like, all right, we're, we're going to run um, eight repetitions of 200 meters and each 200 meter, I want you to run it in 28 seconds. Oh and like, God. right. And, and, and then you'd have your rest in between, but like it was right. Very precise. And instead of just having everybody just like do a mass free for all, someone would elect themselves or would be elected to be the like pace, to be like the pacer, the the okay. pilot whale, if you will. Um, and you put a lot of trust into that dude, because if you're in like second or third, if you're back in the pack, you just keep pace with this dude. And then you don't have to think like, oh, whatever, whatever. And it's, and it is, it, it's a stressful job. Cause if you like get, yeah, like if you get in your own head and like stressed out and if you're worried, um, and if you run a, a 200, not in 28 seconds, but like 25 seconds, like congratulations, you just like ruined the workout for everybody because, uh -huh. because yeah, instead of like having this very, like we're, we're running at this pace for a specific reason and Josh just went and like shit, shit the bed. Um, <laughs> Josh and, just Leroy Jenkins did, which and it happens. It, it happens to every like 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 that happened to me. I'll 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 never forget this. We were running, yeah, probably something like that. It was some sort of yeah, supposed to be controlled. And uh, Jake and I, my brother and I, we we were typically really good, yeah, like leaders, like like pace. We had a really good internal sense of pace. But this one workout, I don't know what it was. It was supposed to be yeah, like. All right, hit. I think we were doing like six hundred meters. So it's like okay for okay. the first for the first two hundred, hit like thirty seconds. For the middle two hundred, another thirty seconds, and the last two hundred, I don't know, like twenty eight, something like that. And I hit that first third in yeah like twenty seven seconds, and oh, 
and and it was and like coach was like yelling at me it's like i i was trying to i just felt good i felt like i was on pace and i'll never forget this he's like great josh you just killed jeremy hamlin there was this other guy <laughs> then i look over it and, and and there's hambone we call them there's hambone just like dying against a wall i'm like sorry sorry jeremy <laughs> So yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it's it, it's that stress of being a leader, and maybe right the little uh, calves, right? So they're whale calves. Mm-hmm, Those mm-hmm. babies. Maybe they're squawking and hollering, and just sick of them. And you're like, all right, beach, and there you go, strand. <laughs> that tears it. That tears it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I mean. I don't know. It's it's not all of them all the time. I really do want to point right. that out. Um, right, and and it is, and, and it is. it's only a lot of times it's the sick ones or the mm-hmm. two the ones that are too messed up. They're the ones get that you know get put down because well, what are you what are you gonna do? You can't rehab a whale out of the, there's no such thing as a whale veterinarian. It can't go to the whale animal hospital. Like, right, right. Yeah. What are you gonna do when seventy feet of dead rail rot rolls heavy on you, brother? Well. I tell you, there's a couple answers. You can try and tow it out into shipping lanes where they usually sink and do that whale fall deal that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, if the whales are small enough and they can't be towed for whatever reason, sometimes the remains can be burnt and buried. Or sometimes they can drag the whale out into shipping lanes and uh, dynamite them. Oh, man. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen a few YouTube videos of, yeah, like local news channel... In like small port town or small, yeah, like coastal towns, like, all right, yeah, we had a whale wash ashore. Um, yeah, we don't have the infrastructure to haul it away and like dispose of it, like burn of it like that. So let's just dynamite it. <laughs> yeah. So before we get too into the the latter half of this, um, do, do you have an update to your uh, right on there, Josh? Uh, I'm still staying with the, um, the white. White sea dog, that's okay. what I'm calling this. Well, well, because isn't also uh, well, yeah, because there's like a white cap too, right? So like that's when like the wind starts like picking up. Is that wait? Is that what's a, that? Isn't there some phenomenon where, yeah, like the like waves get really choppy, or like maybe there's a big wind blowing, and it's called like white cap, like white. Oh, yeah, like, isn't that white, just white? wave? Is like. Waves over five feet make the white cap waves. Yeah, is that? I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking. Yeah, totally, yeah, a like thing. a white, white cap dog, white cap sea dog, whatever I'm calling this. I'm sticking with this, and yeah, it's, it's a keeper, man. Okay, okay. How about yourself? I'm, yeah, no, still doing the uh, podcast jet ski fuel. Uh, this time <laughs> I got wild berry, and it is somehow more offensive than passion fruit, whatever the fuck. But uh, yeah, that's man. Again, that that's... one March when we just drank Vizzies and shit. Like you know, I've been. I've that been was the one time, that. and we can't recapture that magic. I feel like I don't. I don't know if they're different now. I don't know if mm-hmm. the mood is different. But yeah, yeah. Well, and, and and I've been thinking too, and not that we have to like talk inside baseball too much um yeah like again just sort of like doing because 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 you're also i guess uh will have ended by the time this is published but this is the last recording where you're where you've done no no beer november um oh yeah that is true so yeah again i'm just sort of uh i'm, I'm 
maybe I'm, I'm also kind of craving a, a simple as best, you know? And like maybe every once in a while do our little forays into themed episodes and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because I don't know. It's also kind of getting to the point where it's like, all right, we're going to try something fun and new. And Josh tries and Mark doesn't. And then whatever <laughs> Mark gets is fucking gross anyway. So he's like punished <laughs> for it. Like, <laughs> right. Maybe it is. Maybe this is the well. And I think that's also part of the wizard trajectory, too. Right. We're like learning all these spells. We're diving into all this arcane stuff. And then we come into our own. We realize like, ah, this is the this is the affinity that i have carved out for myself this is the like niche sort of thing so yeah maybe maybe that's just it maybe we just find our thing and stick with it so please sponsor us pbr and fireball whiskey (laughs) we're highly pluggable also free plug to duke cannon soap holy shit i don't know if you saw that twitter i bought some duke cannon soap off amazon for the fun Mm -hmm. of it Mm -hmm. and um the bar of soap is as big as a uh, can of uh, Eddie line. Those big, like tall boys. <laughs> it's colossal. It smells good. It doesn't. Awesome. I don't smell like a boy band after I'm done. I don't smell like <laughs> a high school student. I'm really into it. There's well, your free and, plug, Duke Cannon. The next one you owe me. Yeah. And it is, uh, it is also that time for holiday shopping too. So listeners, if, I guess take that as a plug maybe, but then also, as you're making that purchase, say, hey, I heard about this fine product of yours on the Two Wizards podcast. So maybe give them a little love, too, because I could use, use the soap. offer code Wizen in the shower to get 20 percent <laughs> off your order. <laughs> that, one, that one broke me a bit. That was a good one. That was a good one. Lula. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. All right. So moving from, uh, yeah, like body products to blowing up stranded whales. What do you do with a big dead whale or lie in the morning? I'll tell you what you do. On November 9th, 1970, a 45 foot long sperm whale washed, weighing about eight tons washed onto the beach beaches of Florence, Oregon. At this time, beaches fell under the jurisdiction of the highway department. So it was on them to clean up this mess. Mm-hmm. Dynamite was determined to be the best method. The body would hopefully be detonated using one half short ton of dynamite. That's about 460 kilograms. By George Thornton, an engineer for the highway department whose boss was on vacation hunting at the time. So he decided this was the best method. Ideally, you blow up this whale, all the little chunks go away, and the birds eat it. And bing, bang, boom, we're good to go. A military veteran told Thornton that half a ton of dynamite was too fucking much dynamite to use. (laughs) And he suggested 20 stakes, or 3.8 kilograms of dynamite. Yeah, that does... In hindsight, that does seem like quite a bit overkill. (laughs) Thornton said, Pola to Dana. And on the afternoon of November the 12th at 345, the whale was was detonated. Paul Lindman from KATU was on the scene videoing the blast. And um, if you'll go ahead and pull up that drive file, Josh, there's a YouTube clip. I want you to jump to uh, 1 minute 50 seconds on that YouTube clip, please. (laughs) 
falling out of the sky. Yeah. There is pieces falling There's still out of pieces sky. falling out of the sky. There are big pieces. This was a really bad blood. idea. The humor of the entire oh my situation God. suddenly gave Oh yeah, there's Okay, so now it's the camera closer kind of yeah. You you can you can cut it whenever. I just wanted you to see the uh, explosion there. Yeah, the well, initial and, rain. It, right, and it was it was it was a light brown but also uh pink mist. That just got ejected everywhere, and then yeah, after yeah five or ten seconds, pe- pe- giant chunks, um, yeah, fall- falling from the sky. <laughs> so nobody was seriously hurt. Okay, but the uh, cameraman Paul Lindman, his uh, his car was crushed half a mile away by whale blubber. <laughs> half a mile away. Oh my god! Okay, half and a mile away use- with. With a chunk big enough to crush a car. Like, the fact that no one got hurt is goddamn incredible. It is literally nothing shy of a miracle that, like... Right. Only a sedan was the victim in this explosion. Okay, and this was, like, 8 kilograms of TNT that they went with? No, no, this was 450. This was a half... This was the short ton. Oh, my God. The the veteran suggested using 20 stakes or 3.8 kilograms... Thornton said, fuck off, I'm using the short ton. And that's why oh this, uh, that explosion was so devastating. <laughs> um, Thornton maintained that it was a, more or less a success, probably because he didn't have to uh, clean up or stick around to clean up afterwards with the rest of the highway crew. They got to clean up the gore explosion. He said, uh, we know not what to do next time. And Josh, don't you worry, there was a next time. Oh, no. Oh, no. In 1979, when 41 sperm whales washed up on the Florence beach, these whales were burnt and buried because they had learned their goddamn lesson. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I... I I mean, I, I suppose... I can kind of acknowledge their frontier spirit of, hey, here's a problem that we've never encountered before. How do we deal with it? Let's let's try blowing it up. And then I can also commend their more rational response. It was like, oh, this thing happened again. We're not going to do what we did last time. <laughs> because I bet you the dude who was hunting was back from hunting. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like all right uh can i get 41 short tons of tnt <laughs> well shit let's just get a ton of tnt and split them between the two that'll work that'll work <laughs> oh my that year in the Oregon State math books, there was a new problem. If yeah. 41 sperm whales wash up onto the beachhead, how many short tons of dynamite is needed <laughs> to use 3.8 kilograms of dynamite for each whale? Show your work. <laughs> <laughs> or we can bury them. Yeah, or 
rent a yeah rent a, a backhoe and some uh, diesel and <laughs> a couple couple gallon couple barrels of diesel and then just just burn it all. <laughs> So whales and squid are scary when they wash up on beaches. I mean, yeah, it's it's a big dead thing. It represents the mysterious. It reminds us that there is literally an entire world more, beyond ours, literally right in front of us in some cases, I guess, if you're ocean-bound. Yeah. But as we wrap up our revenge as a dish best served constantly, we're going to round out with some dessert. And you ever go out and you don't really know what the dessert is because it's kind of like brown, but you cut into it and it's white. But then it's got, like, the weird, like, chocolate shavings on it, but they're really hard and off-putting and bitter. <laughs> I, I can't say I've had that exact experience, but, but I've had experiences close close enough to that where, yeah, I can say yes. <laughs> you, you look at the peach cobbler and it looks like throw up and you know this woman is trying uh, to poison you, that kind of thing, you know? Yes, that, that one I have experienced. <laughs> <laughs> because, Josh, what's... Our favorite writer out here is good old Lovecraft. And what's more Lovecraftian than the fear of the unknown with we literally don't know what the fuck is washing up on our beach. This is part three. Globsters. (laughs) Globsters. Oh, that's great. (laughs) The term globster was coined by my third personal Lord and Savior, cryptozoologist, Misidentify, misidentifier of the Homo Pangoides, hunter of the Kongamoto, Ivan T. Sanderson, in his book, Things, in which he detailed his investigation of an unknown thing that washed up on a western beach in Tasmania in 1960 after a notably bad storm in June. Mm. Initially, it was reported by two sheep herders who watched it lurching up the beach, sometimes being totally buried in the sand as it went. Sanderson reported that this thing was about eight feet long, three feet wide, and ten inches thick at its thickest, tapering down into a half-inch thick. It had no sensory organs, no bones, and was covered in a brown, coarse, shaggy fur. Mm. We think it was probably just a hunk of whale meat. Okay. The, 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 fur, the, the fur part is... I don't. I, I still don't know what to make of that. But oh, 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 just like a Playboy in 1970, it's about to get fuzzy, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> the first lobster that we have recorded or that we have documented goes to a 40-foot blob of something found on a beach in Oaxaca in 1648. Hmm. Reports from less than reputable sources gave it characteristics of red skin with patches of coarse fur. A more reliable and more noted occurrence happened on the Orkney Islands in Scotland. On September 26, 1808, a 40-foot-long beast had bearing the long neck of an eel and three pairs of legs washed high onto sea rocks and was pretty much inaccessible for 10 days until the high Orkney gales blew it inland. A local named George Shearer took it upon himself to examine the beast. He found out that it was 55 feet long with a 10-foot-long neck. It had a sheep's head, and it had eyes larger than any seal's, as well as six legs and a mane of silvery white hair. 
This silvery white hair also glowed in the dark. What? <laughs> its flesh was described as being like coarse, ill-colored beef, entirely covered with fat and tallow and without the least resemblance or affinity to fish. The flesh, which was gray-colored, had an elastic texture and was said to be about two inch thick in parts. So what the fuck was this? Well, we don't know. We have no idea what this was. But we have a couple ideas. It was probably a basking shark. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. And if I might read a passage out of Lake Monsters and Sea Serpents by my personal Lord and Savior, Lauren Coleman, and Ooh. Peter Hugh. So this is according to biologist Carl Schuker, and he's talking, this is an interview in Strange Magazine discussing why he thinks that basking sharks are the primary, like, misidentification. Mm. When basking shark carcasses begin to decompose, the entire gill apparatus falls away, taking with it the shark's characteristic jaws and leaving behind a small cranium and its exposed backbone, which give the appearance of a small head with a long neck. The triangular dorsal fin also rots away, sometimes leaving behind the rays, which can look like a little mane, especially when the fish's skin is also decaying, allowing the underlying muscle fibers and connective tissue to break up into hair-like growth. Additionally, the end of the backbone only runs to the top of the fluke of the tail, which means the duration of decomposition of the tail falls off, leaving behind a long, slender tail. So there you go. Long neck, tiny head. Mane, uh, made of okay. white fur. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But there's Maybe. also a problem of the length, because the final tally on this thing was 55 feet long. Basking sharks only get to about 40 feet. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe it was just a big basking shark. Or maybe it's unknowable Lovecraftian terror from the deep, and you better thank God that you saw it dead and not alive, lest it blast your sanity. <laughs> in January 1921, in the in Bombay, India, a 25-foot-long thing washed ashore, wailing its death cries. It was pitch black and had a mouthful of long teeth. That is all we know about it. Oh my god! Oh, I hate that. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> in 1925, newspapers in California published pictures of a creature between 25 and 50 feet long with a 20 foot long neck which was narrow and had a or at the end it had a beak like snout with beady eyes Nat naturalist E.L. Wallace he declared that it was a plesiosaur that had been frozen in ice and that's why it was so well preserved because of the frozen in ice it was I, probably a beaked whale yeah I like as cool as that would be don't get me wrong it'd be cool but yeah it was I think if your your go-to explanation is no, it got melted from the ice. Yeah, not not buying it. Not buying, it. Not buying that one. The 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 being frozen in the ice from the time that land forgot or some shit. I don't. Wow, jet ski fuels are strong. Yeah, same for this <laughs> sea dog man. Whew. One of the most famous globsters of all time is a thing called the Saint Augustine monster. It washed up near St. Augustine, Florida in 1896. It's also sometimes referred to as the Florida Monster or the St. Augustine Giant Octopus. Bomb, bomb, bomb. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, when it initially stranded itself, the carcass was measured to be 18 feet in length and 7 feet 
or seven feet in width, and it was estimated to weigh nearly five tons. It was believed at the time to be the remains of a giant octopus because of the stumps of forearms, which were sitting next to a nearby body, and you should be getting this one right now, Josh, because I realize how stupid it is to use a visual medium. Yeah, no, no, no. You're fine. On an audio. Oh, here we are. <laughs> yeah if nothing else like i just kind of want to go back and see this shit when they found it because like it's yeah that is that is a thing i don't know what it is but that is a thing yeah <laughs> you, you know what it was josh what was it according to a 1995 analysis it was nothing more than a large mass of a collagenous matrix of whale blubber, likely from a sperm whale. That's hmm. it. Augustine monster, nothing for you. <laughs> but that's not the only octopus-based lobster there, good buddy. In May of 1988, Teddy Tucker, a fisherman, uh, fished an eight-foot rubbery blob off the, or like out of the surf onto the beach. He took a tissue sample of it and it was rendered unconclusive but he said this thing looked like a giant octopus with like the terminating you know wave of tentacles it didn't have the tentacles like a squid it only had the eight tickles but (laughs) whatever it did have skin that was so thick that it couldn't be fish or reptilian because of how much collagen it had in it we don't know what the fuck this thing was hmm we have no idea. A twenty-foot shape, a twenty-foot tadpole-shaped blob was found in Tasmania on December 1997. It was thought to be a chunk of whale blubber, but photos of the globster in question showed eight distinct limbs, not unlike an octopus. Josh, <laughs> I love the idea that it's fucking giant octopuses. We just don't get to see them. And one final globster tonight, Josh. This is my favorite globster that I've ever found, mostly because I found it not only excuse me, in the uh, sea monster or the lake monster book by Lauren Coleman. But I also found the original article in monsters in print. So I felt like a cool little detective this week. Yeah, when I found awesome. this. That's sweet. This comes out of the evening star news, November 25th, 1930, Washington, DC carcass of lizard like animal, 42 feet long found in Alaska, Cordova, Alaska, November 25th reports received from Valdez today said that the carcass of a giant lizard-like creature with fur in perfect condition has been found on Glacier Island near here. The creature is reported to be 42 feet long, including a tail measuring 16 feet, and is believed to have been preserved since prehistoric times by being encased in ice in the upper reaches of the Columbia Glacier. The ice was believed to have worked its way gradually to the sea, and the head was reported to be 6 feet long and a body... 20 feet in length total. Now, this comes out of a AP article in New York, November 25th. Bernard Brown, curator of the American Museum of Natural History, has requested Dr. Charles E. Bunnell, president of Alaska College at Fairbanks, to investigate the carcass uh, carcass of the strange creature found on Glacier Island. The museum was informed of the supposed find 10 days ago. So far as we know, said Mr. Brown, there was no prehistoric creature of the dimensions given in the dispatch from Alaska. If that creature was encased in ice, it must have lived there when the ice was formed. The prehistoric animals of Alaska, which we know were the mammoth, the buffalo, and many small creatures, none of which would have reached such dimension of the lizard-like animal. 
The descriptions suggest a reptile, something like a dinosaur, but dinosaurs died out millions of years before the ice. The only other possibility is that it is some sort of marine creature like a whale. Dr. Brown does not expect a report from Dr. Bunnell for some time because of the difficulty of making a winter journey to Fairbanks to Glacier Island. They don't know what that was. Once again, probably a basking shark. I prefer to believe that it was a dead mosasaur covered in white fur. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it could. <sighs> I just, well, because that's just it. It's like, because we don't, because we don't know. And like, the odds of us ever finding out and like being able to, yeah, like, like, like truly explore the depths of the ocean uh yeah like we can't just like set up like a gopro out in like the woods somewhere and be like ah, i hope we can find bigfoot on here like no like it, it's the the logistics required to carry out that kind of a survey are yeah currently beyond our capacities and that's just crazy it's just goddamn yeah. crazy it is and you get to thinking about it it's like yeah, you know that stupid quote about oh, we know more about space than we do about the ocean. But yeah, but yeah, w- we do. We don't yeah. know what's down there. And yeah, I can joke about like oh, there's dinosaurs in the ocean. But like, goddamn, man, like, You're right? Truly unknowable things inside the ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just oh my god. And and yet the little the little glimpses that we get when when things do wash ashore. Or when things, yeah, not wash ashore, when they, like, climb on shore because they want some of our yummy pickled fish. Um, <laughs> pickled salted fish. <laughs> then we have to, like, fight it off with our dogs and uh, tridents. Um, <laughs> I still want that, man. Bats. Oh, man. I, I, I want, yeah, like, yeah, like, Kydro, uh oh, God, whew. These these white white sea dogs, man. No, yeah, I want kaiju battles throughout time. Um, yeah, like show me show me like Vikings um, fighting off. Yeah, like a giant squid or yeah, some giant. Uh, yeah, like proto Godzilla dragon thing. I want I want to see that movie. That'd be great. I'd be into it. Like. Yeah. Show me show me Mel Gibson's Apocalypto just not so goddamn racist of them just like fighting mopping wari in the yeah. jungles of South America. How like, goddamn cool would that be? Holy cow. One mm. tribe. One tribe that's to fight yeah. off giant ground sloths like every yeah. eight years when they roll through and it's like, oh, they're coming through and just fucking ground sloths are like ripping out of the Oh yeah, it'd be so cool. Like, I'm sorry. So yeah, oh, no. because the people live in the tunnels that the ground sloths dug, and mm-hmm. then they're coming back, and they like, yeah, because they're migrating. In my head, there we go. There we go. There we is. got this, Josh. We no, got we it. do. We do. Well, and in true to wizard's form, where we are, we're pitching ideas for IPs and creative content that we will never make because we're busy, goddamn wizards. <laughs> but but maybe maybe some entrepreneurs in our audience maybe they'll they'll pick up one of those torches and kind of kind of see 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 what see see what comes out of see what comes out of some of this stuff we um, know we have artistic listeners we have seen yeah we the do evidence yeah like we've seen it 
Yep. It is it is there. So okay. Show us more. Show us one of Josh beating an octopus to death. Uh, yeah. Trident, like. <laughs> yeah. Never mind like um prehistoric um kaiju battles. What about yeah? Mark and Josh fighting off a, a giant yeah, giant fish monster. <laughs> Mark and Josh doing Dagon. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, well, I guess, Mark, like, I'm... I just also can't help, but... And, and I'm sorry, maybe it is because it was just Thanksgiving not too long ago. And maybe I'm still in that mindset of... Yeah, but what about eating these things? <laughs> <laughs> are there any of these that you definitely would not have a have a little taste of and then on the other hand are there any of these that you definitely do want to have a taste of um no i would not taste any of these like we know the giant squid tastes terrible from the ammonia right. um there was an account in alaska of um local indigenous people had harvested some uh, meat off a dead whale mm-hmm. and uh, they all got botulism. It almost uh. killed, it almost killed like three of them and the government had like reissue a statement saying really watch where you're harvesting meat. Yeah. Please do not. So like just that, like as a general rule, probably we shouldn't be eating dead things. Um, That black thing in the Bay in India with the long teeth. I'd eat that guy. Oh, okay. Cause okay. it was dying. It was like screaming and dying, and like right, yeah, that's yeah. brutal. But yeah, yeah like yeah. as it was dying, I you know at least you know it's fresh. Like right, it's not like a like a scavenger been out for how however many yeah days or weeks or even okay yeah no I can I can see that um, yeah yeah what what about you would you get down on any of this well you do bring up a a wise point about yeah like harvesting. Yeah, like meat that is just kind of laying out. Insofar as you probably shouldn't do that. Um, but if any of these were fresh, actually, no. I think I'm. I think I'm with you there on the uh, on the black one with with long pointy teeth. Uh. <laughs> yeah, the Bombay one. Yeah, just because. Right, it is. It's fresh. I guess caught. You could almost say just. Yeah, as you're still like scratching your head, like what the hell was this thing? Yeah, just get your little get your little knife out and slice off a piece. Have 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 a little taste. <laughs> should be good. Should be good, right? No, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I like that every episode when we talk about cryptids are like not cryptids per se, but like you know the the almost untenable. You're we right. end up wanting to eat it. I'm reminded of giant birds and we're talking about like, oh yeah, dude, we would just make like terror bird hot wings. It'll be delicious. Yeah. Like 40 well, pounds of hot wing. You can't go wrong. <laughs> well, and I have the, I, I gave the excuse that it was Thanksgiving, but, but I think there is, I don't know. I think there is, maybe that's also channeling some like really deep in the like substructure of my, yeah, like primate brain. Like I'm encountering this thing for the new time or for, for, for the first time. It's brand new. I don't know what it is. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it. I'm seeing it. I'm, I was hearing it. I'm smelling it. I'm touching it. Maybe just a little, 
just a little taste. Just a little taste to see. And then if it's bad, I'll just spit it right out and be no worse for wear. Um. <laughs> it just sounds so, like, off-putting in texture. If nothing else, just the texture of it right. sounds so off-putting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that... And I think that is a risk that you run into much more often with seafood as opposed to terrestrial stuff. Like, I talked at length about how weird it was to have uni and, like, how weird that texture was. Because, um, mm. mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's going to be, like, either slimy or rubbery or strangely gristly. Um, versus, yeah, if you, like, yeah, like, steak is steak. If it comes from a cow or pig or bear or kangaroo or whatever it is yeah like steak is steak and you know essentially yeah. what you're getting into um yeah hmm. mm. hopefully, hopefully hopefully you know what you're getting into <laughs> yeah. this is the worst goddamn steak i've ever had <laughs> oh yeah it's it's lobster found it out <laughs> back okay also new idea for um fast casual Seafood chain, Red Globster. <laughs> it's just, it's just the like synthetic shit that kind of <laughs> tastes like imitation crab. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's all the imitation crab and what they're doing with, yeah, for like the Beyond Burger and, um, yeah, like. Hogganus calamari. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't believe it's not chicken and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, where's the. Where's the lab-produced protein that is trying to pass itself off as seafood? Actually, that's a good goddamn question. And What's I and, Well, right, because, like, so much emphasis the last couple of years have, has, have, right, been like, ah, oh, it's the Impossible Burger. It tastes just like a hamburger. Uh, and we're 3D printing uh, uh, chicken breast that is made from a plant material but where's all the like fake seafood stuff like yeah i can't believe it's not tuna um yeah why is and no i think we're on to something here so another business <laughs> venture mark and josh's um 100 green environmentally friendly greta thunberg approved red globster um <laughs> <laughs> Look for it at your nearest supermarket. <laughs> I can't believe it's not seafood. <laughs> I can't believe it's not shellfish. Lovecraftian Gloucester yeah. nuggets. Mmm. You'll swear it's Chthonian. Yeah. Mmm. <laughs> I don't mind the taste as you and I are choking back during the commercial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, honey, uh, the kids are asking for glistening black toothy fish sticks again. <laughs> oh, those kids. Oh, those kids. <laughs> Nothing like Hillshire for- Farm void fish sausages. <laughs> void fish sausages. What's it made of? You don't want to know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Oh man, what's, uh, I'm trying to think of one about like exploded stranded whale. <laughs> now Cajun in style, black and whale bites. Yeah, yeah. 
um, and try spicy half ton <laughs> seasoning. Half ton TNT seasoning. Our line, <laughs> our line ton. of whale short explosion ton. seasoning, all the way from twenty sticks of pussy to <laughs> short ton. Blow your whale hole. Blow short. Okay, wait. Uh, short ton. Blow hole. Blow your hole apart. Spicy. There we go. There we go. Short ton, blow your hole apart, spice. <laughs> Find it in the frozen plesiosaur aisle. <laughs> I can't believe it's not plesiosaur. Mm. <laughs> there's there's going to be a campaign after we've overfished all the tuna populations. And right. for years and years, humans have been calling chicken or tuna chicken of the sea. Well, some smartass is going to go, chicken of the sea? Well, what's the, what's the chicken of the land? Son of a bitch. Chickens are a thing. And there's going to be, like, this whole, like, explosion of, like, chicken sushi. And we'll call them, like salmonella rolls where you're really just gambling and it'll be a new fitness craze because either it'll be you eating a piece of raw fucking chicken and you're fine and it's gross or you eat a piece of raw chicken and get salmonella and you drop 20 pounds yeah that that could be i don't see a downside to this and yeah Hmm. so i also just looked because this is Maybe this is something after I wake up and have some black coffee. I, I, I don't know. I think I might have to investigate this more. But I just I just did a quick search for like, yeah, where is the synthetic protein seafood kind of thing? And I found a web page from 2016 uh, from seafoodsource.com talking about synthetic shrimp. Okay. And it's their, um, yeah, I guess it's like, oh, instead of, yeah, buying actual shrimp. Um, uh, if all goes according to plan in about eight months from April 21st, 2016, uh, consumers could find themselves purchasing the company's, uh, new wave foods take on in quotation marks, popcorn shrimp, which is made out of plants and algae in a lab and engineered to feel, look, and taste like the real deal. Huh? But again, this was more than six years ago. Six and a half years ago. Uh, yeah, and have we seen this product? Do you recognize this? Uh... Uh, yeah, I can't say, can't say that I have. Yeah, I'm like, oh god, I, please, like all this new wave foods, popcorn shrimp in quotation marks, popcorn shrimp. Uh, I'm just trying to buy some breakfast burritos here. <laughs> but you know, seaweed is. Crazy nutritious. Maybe we ought yeah. to be eaten. Mm-hmm. Well, and right with the whole like, just as you're saying, like overfishing and all that. But then again, like, but like shrimp, like synthetic shrimp is also kind of half cheating because in our insects episode, our, our bugs episode, I that was one of the whole things too. Like, oh, we got to eat bugs for sustainability. And we already talked about, well, we're already doing that. That's called, yeah. Shrimp, shrimp or bugs. Yeah. And lobster and crab. So maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that's part of it too. Maybe we're already used to eating weird things out of the sea. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Oh my God. Yeah, I think because we don't see it, we don't worry about it. Like we don't look at, we see shrimp tails and that's where we're getting our shrimp. We see lobster tails. Yeah. We don't see the buggy aspect. And I think that's why we're fine with it. Well, like 
and like fish fish is so safe we all know what fish is you yeah, know yeah and yeah compare right something right like a like a yeah like a cute picture of a baby cow or a little chick or something like that and then like pita shows up and you're like oh, you would eat this and you know maybe that does resonate with some people that pathos where it is it's like oh no this is this is cruel that we're eating all these land animals but more shrimp cocktail please yum yummy marine bug um <laughs> and maybe and more but, more octo no one gets mad at octopus like octopus right? are intelligent they are sensitive right. they they're like curious like no yeah, one gets like, mad i yeah they're like um well and i mean i guess this is slightly different but yeah like yeah, like like whales and dolphins. If you drop your cell phone in in the water, they'll like fish it back up for you, and like probably do your taxes at at, at the same time. So yeah, where is the concern for these yeah. thinking, intelligent creatures? Uh, these these mollusks that are yeah, like correctly predicting World Cup soccer games, and <laughs> and like do it. Well, was there something? Oh man. I can't remember this because because this is at the end of our recording and I've had yeah quite a bit quite a bit of this delicious We're in a good place. New, new drink, but no, I, I thought there was. I thought just recently in the news cycle there was like the oh here's here's an octopus that like is like doing math or doing some like clearly higher order thinking skills. Um, I mean, probably they're crazy smart, yeah, like crazy crazy smart. Again, they like know how to defeat like Roman defensive (laughs) structures. Of course they're smart. (laughs) I just, the Palisades, man, the Palisades, like. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's, it's so, so I, I, I don't know. And maybe, and maybe that's just it. Maybe we should be glad. We should truly be glad that, I, I mean, I'm in, Great Lakes notwithstanding, I'm I'm in a landlocked state. You there in Colorado, you're in a landlocked state. So I, I guess we should be glad that we don't have to worry about the terrors of the deep washing up on our shores, um, trying to eat our fish that are pickling out in the sun. Um, <laughs> I don't have to worry about dynamiting a whale that's just down the street from me. So so I, I and. I mean, not to get too too much further in, in, into it. Um, I don't know if we would be the dominant species uh, if we were, yeah, like in truly more like marine uh, environments. Because if if we have documented history of squid and octopus like snatching humans uh, for millennia. Yeah, I think we we would be in trouble, and like we would have daily kaiju battles. Um, <laughs> so maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a good thing, for, at least anthropologically speaking. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I don't know though, because man, you look at like the amount of animals we've already killed, like getting up to this point. Mm. Like we took out ninety percent of that ice age megafauna. Yeah, I don't or, know. I just had this thought occur to me 
because we've also done a pretty bang up job of domesticating all these terrestrial animals. How so? How cool would it be to have domesticated? Yeah, like squid. Like, what if a squid is man's best friend? <laughs> and yeah, you go out spear fishing, and instead of rover going out and like picking up, um, yeah, this like tuna that you've hurled it hurled a harpoon at. What if it's Ringo, the squid that <laughs> slops a tentacle around it and like drags it back over? And you say, "Who's a good boy?" And they just kind of like coos back at you. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, shy of me talking about how much I love training the squids on Ark to do just that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can train the Arctuthus squid, the giant squids. Um, That's and amazing. when you level them up, they like burble at you and oh, I love it. <laughs> they've got a grapple attack that does like, you know, it'll hold for damage and shit like that. Or they've got like their little like squid beaky bitey attack that just wrecks Megalodon shit. I, yeah, it's great. <laughs> so, and all and that is to say that Basilosaurus are a bunch of goddamn pussies and mm. they get outclassed by the Arctuthuses every time. I play too much Ark. <laughs> Ark and Civ, that's all I know how to Arc do anymore. Civ, that's all that, that, that's all we know. And really, these days, that's that seems about right. That seems about right for for us here at the Two Wizards podcast. And maybe also for you listeners. Um and so I, I guess I don't know. I'm I'm feeling like this could be one where, where yeah, we either like really look deeply into that Marianas trench. Or we just have to kind of poke our head underwater and then just immediately resurface because we have to breathe again. Uh, but, but Mark, you did an amazing job guiding us Thank this you. episode. Thank you. Uh, and so, listeners, tell us what your experiences are like. Did, did, have you... I, I mean, it would be wild. It would be amazing. And I would absolutely love to hear from somebody who was like, yeah, I live... On the coast or near the coast, and sad to say, we do have to deal with like mass strandings every once in a while, um, or yeah, weird globsters that wash up on shore and nobody knows exactly what it is, but we just dig a pit and burn it. Uh, we would we'd love we'd love to hear about that, um, and so please get in contact with us. Send us an email uh, to two wizards podcast at gmail uh, Find us on Twitter. At Two Wizards Pod C One, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, uh, Two Wizards Podcast for for both of those, uh, and and yes, yeah, send us send us your, your 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 stories, send us your questions. Maybe you do want. Maybe it's like no bullshit, guys. Dive into that Mariana's trench. Don't like chicken out on the sow. <laughs> go go find go find even more weirder stuff of like giant terrors from the deep. Uh, and then we'll Krakens are coming. We're going to do Krakens. I just need to do oh, yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. 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 So, uh, do, do some of that stuff. Get in touch with us. Send us your fan art of Mark and I doing righteous wizardy battle with giant seafood. Um, you can find me on Twitter, uh, uh, at plaid barbarian. Uh, Mark, tell us uh, about some of the other projects that you have going on. Uh, you can find me. With me and my other projects at Marky Stardust on Twitter, where I will be relentlessly plugging Duke Cannon soaps and Fireball liquor to come pick us up. 
Or you can find me on our sister podcast, The Dangle Podcast, a weekly King of the Hill podcast, where me and my buddy Johnny discuss two episodes of King of the Hill. And this week we have a super special double billing horror episode. <gasps> that How we didn't do this for Halloween, I don't know, but the timing just didn't do it. And this is like the Fox release schedule kind of, sort of, but not really. Mm. Um, Pygmalion and Megalodale. Uh, two, literally two horror movies. One is a psychological. The other is a monster movie. Uh, keep an eye out for that. I got super into it this week because I watched it the week of Halloween. That's when we recorded this was like a month uh, ago. I gotcha. It was really good. We got super into it. Um, Yeah, hit us up over there. Um, I want fan art of me and Josh doing the Salmonella Challenge, which is <laughs> us eating chicken breast sushi send us that <laughs> fan art and then like sh- send us like the three panel cartoon of us doing it us like high-fiving because yeah two wizards tadena and then like the follow-up of like us beating the other one out of the way to get to the bathroom to throw up i want to see that um memories of a georgia moon josh uh oh, memories God. of a georgia moon That's but yeah so thank you for listening we love you guys every one of you um hope you had a good thanksgiving mm-hmm. as the holiday season juggernauts ahead just remember to be good to each other we're all going through shit the holidays are stressful anyway yeah, and nobody yeah. needs to compound that shittiness with more shittiness that's um, a very good yeah, point that's actually. Where I'm at. No, yeah and so and, and i guess we can also we can be that for you too if yeah like family get-togethers are stressful and instead of arguing with your extended family about whatever whatever just just come hang out with us. Send send us a, a, a DM on Twitter. Send us an email and we'll be there for you. And also, hey, if you have ideas um, for like maybe like a, a holiday challenge of sorts, because that's something that we've done before, um, done, done a couple times before, give us those ideas as well. Maybe you want us to do, um, I don't know, the 12 cookies of Christmas where we have to like eat different types of cookies as we're recording I, I don't know. Um, find find a company that sells weird flavored candy canes and then send a box to us and then we'll have to eat. I can't believe it's not Globster flavored candy canes. Um, something like that. We are, we are also here for you. every Each and every one of you because we love you guys and we love having you do, uh, hang out with us. Um, and so, and so, yeah, just, just, just let us know. We are here. Yeah. And also, uh, to that end, Josh, if you know you are sitting at the Thanksgiving table or the Christmas table or the Hanukkah table or the Kwanzaa table or the Festivus table, whatever table you're sitting around mm-hmm. and you've got that one uncle that just starts spouting off on all that good shit, maybe just throw your hands up in the air and go, you know, the fucking hollow moon tried to kill us all 20,000 years ago. See what happens there. Just throw that out. <laughs> throw that little line out and see what conversation fish, fishes you can catch. And then let us know about it. Tell us how you yeah. ruined Thanksgiving. Just I have mentioned several stories because this podcast has ruined a goddamn holiday for me. I want to ruin your holiday. Tell me how I ruined your holiday. Tell me how Josh ruined your holiday in the best way possible. Uh, let's get the hell out of here, buddy. I'm yeah, about to wash yeah, up on yeah, this we should, we should. So thank you again. Much love as always. Uh, and uh, my name is Josh. And I'm a wizard. And my name is Mark, and I'm a wizard. Thanks for listening, guys. Good night. Take care. He rolled upon his back, and after that, I killed them 